Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Gladsome Light Podcast. This program contains preaching and teaching from an Orthodox Christian perspective to help you in your walk with Jesus Christ and to be victorious in Him. Well, welcome to the show. It's uh, Old Gladsome Light every Monday at 11 o'clock on W4CY.com, Internet Radio. I'm your show host, Dr. L. Manns. And this show is blessed by Metropolitan Mekizetek of the Orthodox Church of Epirus. Uh I'm in the chapel, St. Peter and Paul Chapel. And our slogan is preparing souls for heaven. Preparing souls for heaven. And that's why I do this, this uh, radio show, is hopefully to prepare the listeners for heaven. One other thing, I would like to have you subscribe uh, to this channel, this YouTube channel called Al Mans. I'll put it up on YouTube. And and like, always like. And if you subscribe, but then as I post the new videos on YouTube, you'll get an alert so you don't miss any episodes. Today's show is called The Catechumen. The Catechumen. And so what is a catechumen? Well, it's a Greek word, katakumenos, and one who is preparing for baptism in the Holy Orthodox Church. Now, there are two occurrences in Scripture, Romans 2.18 and Galatians 6.6, that talk about the catechumen. Uh, Verse 18 of Romans says, And knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed... Out of the law. There's that word instructed. And also in Galatians 6 6, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. So there's a couple of occurrences. There may be more, but those are the two uh, primary ones I found. So that's what a catechumen is 
one who was preparing for baptism in the one holy Catholic apostolic church. So how do you become an Orthodox Christian? Uh, since the founding of Christ's Holy Church at the Holy Pentecost, there's always been a process of conversion. In the book of Acts, St. Peter preached one of his first catechetical sermons to the people who had ears to hear and were cut to the quick. And he preached out of the book of Joel, the Old Testament prophet uh, Joel, because remember the New Testament had, been, had not been written yet. And as Peter wrapped up his sermon, people cried out, then what should we do to be saved? Which is, I would hope that all preachers would hear that from the pulpit. People would say, well, what should we do to be saved? And Peter's response was, repent and be baptized. So this is the process that the Orthodox Church has uh, of coming into the church, the body of Christ. In the early church, a structured system organically arose for preparing one for reception into the church by baptism. There has always been a period of hearing and being exhorted in the word of God, receiving doctrinal teachings, moral testing, and being prayed for. Receiving new members into the church is a significant element of the liturgical life of the church. In fact, during every liturgy, prayers are said for the learners or the catechumens, and they are, spe are specific seasons, and there are specific seasons for receiving uh, new converts. I like to read that prayer. Uh, well, I'll do it later. When a person first becomes interested in the Orthodox Church, a series of initial interreactions take place. Perhaps one visits a liturgy, researches orthodoxy online, or engages in a conversation with a friend who is orthodox. If these initial interreactions are blessed, a more studied process of inquiry follows, which can be compared to like the process of courtship. One who launches into this dance with the church is called by the church an inquirer or a seeker. Now, let's talk about the Great Commission. The conversion of the nation is the mission of the church, and it always has been. After our Savior's resurrection and just prior to his glorious ascension, he commissioned his followers with these words, go forth in all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And this comes out of the Gospel of Matthew and Mark. According to the apostolic tradition, uh, around 215 A.D., that goes way back now, those who desire to be catechumens had to meet certain moral criteria before being enrolled. They had to have a sponsor who validated their lifestyle and purity of intentions. There was a quality control in the early church, and there still is today. The Orthodox Christian Church is about 
Not about quantity, but about quality. Now, you think about, you know, there are teachers who teach the catechism of the church to the inquirers or the catechumens as they're coming in. But I remember the Lord, Jesus Christ, when he was 12 years old, was in the temple. And what was he doing? He was teaching the elders. So we consider our Lord the, the first, the original teacher of the catechism. Now, enrolling into the, uh, the catechumenate, there are different levels of classes. For those interested in simply learning more about, uh, there is the inquirer's class, which covers the basics of orthodox faith, the orthodox faith in general terms. For those who are more serious and possibly even desire to convert, there are catechism classes. When one desires to inquire further into the Orthodox faith, they should meet with a priest. If there are no impediments, the priest will read the prayers for the reception into the catechumenate. The catechumen is like being engaged to be married. It is a period of both preparation and testing. Christ is the bridegroom, and of course the church is the bride. During this time, the catechumens are on some level members of the church. Now, example, if they would die before they were baptized, the church would still bury them and have a Christian burial. How long does it take in the catechumen role, being enrolled as a catechumen, and, and, being, and being baptized. In the early church, the catechumens, it was three years. It was taken three years. Now today, the period of time is often shorter because many come from a Roman Catholic or an, another denominal Christian, a denominational Christian background. There are many variables in discerning when one is ready and it is handled on a person by person basis. The catechism is an important part of the process. It gives everyone time to get to know each other, and so the organic transition can be made. A fruitful catechumen is culminated in the sacrament of baptism and chrismation. Now, in our modern times, many hop from church to church, denomination to denomination. However, once one is baptized or chrismated into the Orthodox Church, it is understood this is to be the last and final stop. You are truly home, and really, there is no other place to go. I remember when I was uh, you know, raised as a Catholic by my mom and dad, then you get to a certain age uh, when you leave the nest, well, you just uh, basically apostate and you run off and do your thing, as I did. But then there comes a waking up that uh, I realized that I needed to uh, be in church. And so I, I went to the Catholic church and, and uh, had my kids baptized in the Catholic church. But then I became disillusioned with uh, some of the stuff going on in the in the church, Catholic church. And I had a friend that said, hey, why don't you come and 
to our church. It's a Baptist church. And I said, oh, I've never been to a Baptist church. So I went and, uh, and, and went to a Baptist church. And I stayed there for a while. And it was good because I learned a, a lot of scripture in the Baptist church. But also then I, I started meandering around and I went to another uh, group, a church, a home church, a charismatic church. And I was going through all these different churches and uh, everybody had a different uh, spin on theology. And so I was confused, getting confused. And we know who the author of confusion is, the devil. And so I cried out to God one day. I says, please take me back to the first century church before man put his hands in it and ruined it, man's devices. And lo and behold, I found myself in the Orthodox Church. Now, and I've been there ever since. I came in the Orthodox Church around 1978, 79 time frame, and that is it. There is no other place to go. I'm home. So now this, uh, this process of coming into the Orthodox Church, uh, there's a prayer led by the priest to the reception of the catechumen. And I want to read that to you and just really listen close to the words. The priest says, In thy name, O Lord of truth, and in the name of thine only begotten Son and of the Holy Spirit, I lay my hand upon the, thy servant, whoever the catechumen is, who has been found worthy to flee unto thy holy name and to take refuge under the shelter of thy wings. Remove far from him or her former delusion and fill them with faith, hope, and love, which are in thee, that they may know that thou art the only true God with thy only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Enable them to walk in all thy commandments and to fulfill those things which are well-pleasing unto thee. For if a man does those things, he shall find life in them. Inscribe him or her in the book of life. And unite them to thy flock of thine inheritance. And may thy holy name be glorified in them, together with thy beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and of thy life-creating Spirit. Let thine eyes ever regard them with mercy, and let thine ears attend unto the voice of their supplication. Make them to rejoice in the works of their hands and in all of their generation, that they may render praises unto thee, and may sing and worship and glorify thy great and exalted name always and all the days of their life. For all the powers of heaven sing praises unto thee, and thine is the glory of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and forever until all ages of all ages. Amen. And that is the, uh, the prayer of the priest for a catechumen coming into the catechumenate. As I said in the beginning of this broadcast, a catechumen is one who's being prepared for baptism in the church. In modern usage, the catechumen can also refer to one who's preparing for chrismation to be received from a heterodox Christian communion. So what is the difference between orthodox and heterodox? In relation to religious life, orthodoxy means correct or sound belief according to an authoritative norm. Heterodoxy refers to a belief in a doctrine 
differing from that standard. Remember, remember, orthodoxy is what Christ taught. The apostles preached it, and the church fathers learned it and taught it. In the ancient church, the catechumen or time, which one is a catechumen, often lasts for, as I said, is three years, included not only participation in the divine service, but also divine service, but also the catechesis, the catechism, formal instruction from a teacher, often a bishop or appointed catechist. Exorcists often performed the catechetical role as well, following their initial prayers of exorcism over the one being made a catechumen, which is tradi uh, the traditional manner of receiving a catechumen into the community of the Orthodox Church. Catechumens are understood to be Christians upon beginning their catechumenate, and they sh if they should die before baptism, as I said before, they are traditionally give given an Orthodox funeral. As the church eventually became the majority religion of the lands in which it sojourned, the catechumenate as an institution gradually died out in many places, as most Christians were being baptized shortly after birth. And they say, well, uh, children being baptized? Of course, I did many radio shows on infant baptism, so I'm not going to uh, expand on that. But the scripture that the Lord said to the apostles, suffer not the little children to come unto me. For if, if we act like children, those are the ones that are in the kingdom, will be in the kingdom. You must act like a child. You must be like the little children that were coming on to the Lord in the purity and honesty of seeking out the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as, as orthodoxy has moved into the West and Far East and begun gaining conference to the converts to the faith, the catechumenate has been significantly rejuvenated. Catechetical instruction does not typically last for three years, which was common in the time of St. John Chrysostom, but typically can last from six months to a year, depending on the practice of the bishop, uh, the, his jurisdiction, and the level of spiritual maturity of the catechumen. Local parish priests typically oversee the catechists, the teaching of the catechumen, of those being prepared to be received into the church. And this is very important. This is very important that that uh, we receive training uh, coming into the Orthodox Church, so fully aware of what is the theology of the church and, and not just jump in and say, well, I don't, I don't think I like this, and then leave. Uh, there's order in the church. And this goes all the way back, all the way back to St. Peter's sermon uh, on that day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. So catechumens, people enrolled, enrolled in, as catechumens are required to attend a series of classes prior to baptism and chrismation. A test is given at the end to assure the teacher that the candidate has the understanding of the study of the Orthodox catechism. Now, once you become an Orthodox Christian or baptized and chrismated, your learning doesn't stop. You learn the, of the faith as you participate in the faith. This is the catechism is a kickstarter to the person who is seeking 
or inquiring into joining the Orthodox Church. Some of the points of the catechism in the church is, uh, what is Christianity? And it talks about other religions. Does God exist? The talk, we talk about the Holy Trinity. God the Father, the God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The attributes of the Holy Trinity. We talk about the creation of the world, Adam and Eve, you know, put in the garden of e uh, the, the garden paradise, the garden of Eden, uh, the spiritual world, the significance of the creation of man, the origin of the soul, and, and uh, the ancestral curse and its consequences. You learn about the salvation of the fallen man, the incarnation of the Logos, Jesus Christ, the God-man, uh, the divine and human nature of Christ. You will be learning about that. We'll learn about the church, learn about the sacraments of the church. We'll learn about death because we all, we're not going to get out of this thing alive. We're all going to face that specter called death. And the church helps you uh, understand about death and what happens at, after death. It talks about the resurrection of the dead and uh, eternal life and eternal hell. So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the preparation. Once you've gone through the, uh, the catechism classes and you've passed the test and you're ready now to, to go to the next step of the sacrament of baptism, you'll need a cross, a, a candle, and a towel. Uh, usually you're dressed in black clothing and it should be loose and modest. Uh, men can wear a black t-shirt and long shorts. Women should wear a, a black one-piece bathing suit covered by a large black t-shirt or the loose garment that falls be below the hips. Now if you're only being chrismated, you don't need that towel or black clothing. Let's say, a, uh, like me, a Catholic, coming into the Orthodox Church, the baptism was apostolic and was acknowledged by the Orthodox Church, and all I needed to do is be chrismated, sealed in the Holy Spirit. Now, when you come, you need to bring an icon of your patron saint. And also, it's an interesting uh, tradition in, in the Orthodox Church that during the baptism, a, a lock of hair has is, is cut off the candidate, the one being baptized. And there's a, we make a groove in the back of the, of the patron saint icon so that uh, it is put in there uh, and waxed in. You say, well, why do we do that? Well, isn't it amazing if that candidate would become a saint? Can you imagine? Then there would be a relic on the icon of that saint. You'll need a baptismal robe uh, that, you know, have to be fitted. You have to get a baptismal robe. You have to be familiar with the, 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 the baptism chrismation service. Read, read the service, be, be aware of the service. And then 
you got to pick a godparent or a sponsor, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. And, uh, you know, you got to have a cross, like I said, and the candle. So let me go on. Before becoming a catechumen, you will be expected to attend liturgy for at least a few weeks until you and the priest are confident about your decision. Because this is a serious commitment, a life commitment. Then, if you go past that, you will be received as a catechumen by anointing and prayers at the end of matins on Sunday morning during your catechumenate, you will be expected to attend liturgy regularly. As a catechumen, you are part of the community and by intention and should begin to participate in the various activities and disciplines of the church. I mean, you're not to sit on the shelf. You're supposed to become an active participant in the church activities. Now, let's, I'm going to talk about the early church and the division between the world. In the early church, the line between the church and the world was thickly and distinctly drawn. The world was a place of darkness and of corruption of, and of death. It lay in the power of the evil one. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. Who was the, the effective God of the world? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. So that those turning to Christ were turning from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, Acts chapter 26, verse 18. Even in the baptism service, we face it west, not east. And they're at the back of the church. And there's uh, three exorcisms. I'll talk about that in a moment. And and then also the uh, the turning away from the Satan and facing east and uniting yourself to Christ. This happens during that process before baptism. Now, those in the world, this is the early church now, those in the world were viewed as contaminated and oppressed by the devil. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Because of this, certain exorcisms were required, not just before they were capable of becoming Christians, but simply to make them capable of becoming catechumens. These elements of exorcism abound in the church's preparation for the initiation and in the right for reception into the catechumenate. So you should have a clean beginning to start studying the catechism. This is why the priest begins the rite by making a catechumen by breathing gently into the face of the candidate. This harkens back to Christ breathing new life upon his disciples after his resurrection. And you can see that in the Gospel of John uh, 20, 22. And it reminds me of Adam and when Adam... Uh, 
was created from the dust of the earth, and God breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. In the baptism itself, the priest later breathes upon the water. The baptismal water is used for baptism and upon the oil used for the anointing of the candidates just prior to their immersion into the baptismal waters. The church regards the very matter of the world as in some way infected and fallen, and this exorcism and breathing called expiration in the books reclaims it for divine use. Thus, when the priest breathes upon the candidate, he begins to cleanse himself and take him out of the world, reclaiming him for the service of God. This expiration, expiration into the candidate's faith is followed by a solemn signing with the cross and laying on of hands. Both of these actions are exorcistic in attention and continue to claim the new catechumen for Christ's kingdom. A prayer follows which refers to the candidate fleeing from the tyranny of Satan and from his former delusion. In other words, from the delusions of believing in the pagan gods and taking refuge under the shelter of God's wings for this image of sheltering. See Psalm 91, verse 4, the psalm which speaks of being delivered from evil. I hope you do that. I hope you look at the psalms. As I give scripture reference here, Psalm 91, 4. The one entering the catechumenate thus crosses a border, leaving one land for another, and fleeing from the service of Satan to the service of God. Becoming a catechumen is an act of rebellion against the devil and of defection, and you're defecting from the kingdom of darkness to, the, to God's kingdom. And boy, I tell you why you do that, you're going to get him mad. You're going to get the enemy mad at you. And this is why we go through all of this and why we have the prayers of exorcism and these prayers that I read earlier in the show about uh, the, the priest praying over a, a candidate or a catechumenate. They need God's protection, angelic protection. In our present rite, these three early actions and prayers come th three sizable exorcism. So there is exorcism in the Orthodox Church, and it's done in the west part, western part of the church, the furthest distance from the east. In the first two, the priest addresses the devil directly, commanding him to leave the candidate. In the third prayer, the priest addresses God, asking him to search the depths of the heart and drive out any unclean spirit lurking there in the catechumenate or the catechumen. In our less pagan day, well, I don't know if I agree with that because I believe there's a lot of paganism going on in the world today, we may expect that many catechumens have not been infected by the demonic. Well, they may not have been infected with the demonic, but they were serving Satan and didn't know it. And I'm t I am the test of that myself. I thought I was doing my own thing, my own man, doing, uh, walking my own path, making my own decisions, not knowing that was actually doing the devil's bidding, not knowing it. 
I was not near to God. I was far from God. It's a trick of the enemy, you know. Make you think you're, you're the captain of your own ship, and you're really not. You're doing the bidding of the enemy. So when you come to God, when you, through these exorcisms, and you are reserved for God instead of the enemy, you have to take on that new life that Jesus talked about. And as you take on this new life, uh, maybe God, God's enemy, Satan, is going to turn the heat up on you. He doesn't want you doing that. He's not going to bother those that are headed for hell. They're, uh, they're already going that way, and they don't even know it. But us who, who declared war against the enemy are now uh, going to be receiving a lot of uh, attack. But God is bigger than the devil. Remember that. But there are still essential, th th these exorcisms are essential. For by agreeing to subject himself to these exorcisms, the candidate declares his opposition to the devil. The, the exorcisms thus constitute a kind of poke in the eye of the enemy. As a catechumen leaves the service there. Originally, the catechumens were exercised repeatedly, and especially as the day of the actual baptism drew near. Nowadays, the church gathers all of these exorcisms together in one place. As the candidate declares his or her desire to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. After the three exorcisms, the fourth prayer is said, containing another exorcism with a triple expiration into the candidate's faith, a breathing into the face. The priest will breathe into the candidate's face. And after that, the candidate turns and to, to face the West. Christians always offer their prayers facing East. The universal direction of the rising sun, just as the Jews offer a prayer facing Jerusalem and the Muslims pray facing Mecca. This is why in all of our churches, we have an eastward orientation. By turning to face the west, the candidate symbolically turns to the land of the sunset and darkness in order to face the devil directly, turning to his former master and three times renouncing him to his face. In the early Byzantine rite, the candidate even raised his hands towards the west in a further visual act of renunciation. In this renunciation, the candidate renounces Satan and all of his works and all of his angels and all of his service and all of his pride. Satan's angels, of course, are the demons. But what about Satan's service and his pride? This refers to the cultic worship of the pagans, the catechumens' former religion with its statutes and its parades. And you say, well, I don't think... Uh, I'm serving Satan. Well, search your heart. Find out if you're if you're in in Christ or not. If you're not in Christ, you're not in Christ, and you're serving the father of lies. The new catechumen thus equated the worship of the pagan gods in this culture with the worship of Satan. It was a bold and courageous act of cultural defiance. No wonder Christians were accused by the pagan populace of being haters of mankind. This renunciation is sealed. 
then as now with a final contemptuous breathing and spitting upon Satan. Now people say, well, that's weird. Well, if you're an Orthodox Christian, you, you know what happens. In the back of the church, in, in the western part of the church, you actually open the door and spit on the devil. After that, the candidate turns to face the east, the direction of the rising sun, and therefore a fit image of Christ, the light of the world. He three times joins himself to Christ, confessing Jesus as king and God, and reciting the symbol of faith, the Nicene Creed. As the renunciation of Satan was sealed with the act of spitting, this adherence to Christ is sealed with the adoring prostration. In our present text, the renunciation of Satan and adherence to Christ completes the reception into the catechumenate. The new catechumen has been exercised, delivered, and cleansed of pagan stain. He is therefore ready to, and eligible to become a Christian through baptism. It is essential today for the church to recover a proper appreciation of the catechumenate as an institution and not to simply regard these catechumenal preparations as archaic and lengthy introduction to baptism. Since more and more people are converting to orthodoxy as adults, there is an urgent need to reinvigorate and restore the catechumenate. The word catechumen has fallen into disuse for way too long. The church needs to understand afresh what the word means. A proper restoration of the catechumenate as an important and visible component in the life of the church would help us resist a particular temptation today in Orthodoxy. That is the temptation to clericalism, which is a sin of regarding the clergy as the only insiders and disdaining the laity as second-class outsiders. Clericalism has infected our very language, for the term layman has now become synonymous with ignorance. We sometimes hear people professing their ignorance of something by saying, I'm just a layman uh, in these matters. The reinvigoration of the catechumenate would reveal that the laity are not the outsiders. The catechumens and even more, the world, are the outsiders. The laity are the insiders along with the clergy. For the laity are those who have completed their catechumenate and fulfilled their time of preparation. They are now initiated, the ones they are now the initiated, the ones who know by experience the Eucharistic goodness of the Lord. The catechumens are those who await that blessed sacramental experience. The laity are those whose waiting is over. They have already gone through the baptismal waters and been sealed uh, by the holy Miron, which we call chrismation, into the church. After that sacrament, you are a full member of the Orthodox Church. Now, it is the will of God that every human being be saved, that each and every human person become a child of God in holy baptism, that every human being be washed of his sin and partake of the everlasting life, which is in Christ Jesus. It is the desire of the Holy Trinity that all men, women, and children of every race a uh, region learned to live in the ways of love, holiness, and dignity, in the ways that Jesus himself lived, by learning his commandments from the church and by keeping them as an expression of, of love for God and men. 
for at least 2,000 years, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church has been busy with the sacred commission. Bearing witness to these saving acts of God, exalting the cross of Christ, and proclaiming his victory over death and sin and the devil, inviting all men to partake of the salvation of the Lord by faith and baptism, this has been the work of the church. It is the very essence of the church to be apostolic, that is, not to only be built upon the unchanging apostolic teaching, but to be messengers of the good news and sent to all corners of the world to announce salvation and to bring the sweet and saving aroma of the God-man, Jesus Christ, to all. And I, I have a word. Those who do not like the apostolic church are going to have to deal with something in the end times because uh, the Lord talks about the the building of, of the new Jerusalem, and he talks about stone, the foundational stones, and the first layer of stones are the names of the apostles. So the church will be apostolic forever and ever. Now each parish manifests the fullness of Christ and serves as a beachhead for this universal missionary endeavor concretely in the, in the city or village in which it is. There is no parish that is not to be a missionary center. Disciples of Jesus Christ are formed by catechism, the practical means by which the church accomplishes her task of preaching and evangelism is the catechumenate, which will be, we'll talk about that later, maybe in more length. Preaching and catechism is how the Great Commission is accomplished. The centrality of the church's work with catechumens is manifested by the fact that in every liturgy, in every Orthodox church, there is an appointed to, appointment to be prayed the litany for the catechumens. And this is what I want, I want to read this to you. We say this in every liturgy. We pray for the catechumens. If there's no catechumens in the church, we still pr I still pray that because uh, it goes on beyond the, the walls of the church. And so the deacon or the priest would say, "Let us the faithful, the, let us the faithful, those who have been baptized and chrismated, pray for the catechumens, that the Lord would have mercy upon them, that He will teach them the word of truth." that he will reveal to them the gospel of righteousness, that he will unite them to his holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. Save them, have mercy upon them, and help them, and keep them, O God, by thy grace. And then he says, bow your heads on to the Lord, ye catechumens. And the choir's response is to thee, O Lord. And the priests would pray, O Lord our God, who dwellest on high and regardest the humble, who has thrown forth as a salvation of the race of men, thine only begotten Son and God, our Lord Jesus Christ, look down upon thy servants, the catechumens, who bowed their necks before thee. Make them worthy in due season of the laver of regeneration, the forgiveness of sins, the robe of incorruption. Unite them to thy holy Catholic and apostolic church and number them with thy elect flock that with us they may glorify thine honorable, majestic name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit now and ever until ages of all ages. And the choir responds, Amen.
Now this litany for the catechumens is placed just after the reading of the Holy Gospel and the sermon. The placement of highlights uh, the fact that the Holy Gospel is read and the homily is given for the evangelization, evangelization and instruction of the catechumens as well as for the edification of the faithful. So the catechumens hear the gospel and the sermon along with the faithful. Even in parishes established Orthodox countries where the great majority of the population is Orthodox, the litany can still be authentically prayed for it is a prayer for the catechumens of the entire church. Remember, the church is, doesn't have walls. It's all over. The church is all over. Now, the litany for the catechumens concludes with the dismissal of the catechumens that the deacon instructs depart catechumens. And you say, well, why would we do that? Why would we dismiss the catechumens from the divine service? Well, this is the time of teaching the catechumens in the catechism. They are not members yet of the, of the body of Christ, and, and they're not to be involved with the divine liturgy of the Holy Eucharist. It is appropriate at this time to dismiss the catechumens with a parish catechist, a teacher, who will meet the catechumens for further instruction in the parish hall or an educational center. So there's benefit to that. It's a form of protection. We call it a mystical supper. In fact, the word mysticos means secret. The Holy Eucharist is really a secret supper. And sometimes uh, the catechumens gather in the narthex of the church, the back part of the church, and are taught there, or the church hall, or wherever it's uh, easy. Because the church is divided in three uh, partitions, there's proportions. The narthex, the nave, and the sanctuary, where the holy altar is. The nave is where the faithful gather. After the, after the uh, catechumens are dismissed, then that's where uh, the faithful uh, wait uh, to receive of the body and blood of Christ. Remember I said that uh, before a catech if a catechumen would die before reception into the church through baptism, he would be buried as an Orthodox Christian, which is mercy. As one reads the book of Acts of the Apostles, it is apparent that many of the hearers of the Holy Apostles were baptized immediately. That this is, in almost every instance, that those who were Jews or God-fearing Greeks. The Old Covenant Jewish life was in itself an extensive 2,000-year catechism, a preparation for the full Christian revelation of life. It's when Jesus came and showed himself as the God-man that he that was the culmination of that 2,000-year that catechism, because he is the supreme catechist, even at 12 years old. It was most natural for all the Jews to believe in Jesus Christ since he was their long, long-for Messiah. And it was natural movement 
for the Jews to become Christians, and many of them d did. As a remnant, remnant of the Jews was believing in Christ and being baptized, the holy apostles turned their attention to the Greeks, the non-Greek, and you know the Greeks, and uh, they call them the barbarians. The uh, remember the first church, the first church was Jewish converts. Just read your read the book of Acts. The authentic integration into the family of believers with the supreme bond established by the blood of Christ, not by the blood of one's biological parents, has always been a central hallmark of the Christian church. The believer's ultimate loyalty is not to one earthly family or tribe, but to Christ and the church. No one loves mother or father or siblings more than Christ, and the believer's is worthy of Christ and his kingdom. In contemporary times, in the post-Christian West, the length of the catechism is designed to help secularize Westerns, many of whom have some attachment to Western forms of Christianity to become Orthodox. Brings the, the catechism, brings, brings them to the center and not to the far right or far left or whatever. We can't embrace the way of orthodoxy, uh, the life of orthodoxy quickly. It takes a process. It's a process of time. You don't want to rush into this. You know, I'm a convert. There are a lot of cradle people who were born into the Orthodox Church. And so there are cradle and converts in, in the church. So what are some of the requirements for the catechism? You've got to go through the catechism. <laughs> and you've got to take the test you know, to find out what you know and know, don't know. And if you missed questions on the test, and then that, that opens up for a dialogue be, between you and the catechist. All are welcome to the church for the Lord's calling is for every human being to be in his household and family, which is the church. The role of every sponsor or godparent is to help them inherit that faith and to be zealous for Christ. Well, I went through this uh, process of what is a catechumen, and I, I haven't hit all the things. I This is more li like an overview, but kind of gives you an idea of uh, to become a catechumen in the Orthodox Church is a process of time, process of learning and coming to uh, the knowledge of the truth of what the the first church was like. And if you want to know what the first church is like, all you got to do is visit an Orthodox church. Uh, this church is, uh, was uh, put in motion at Holy Pentecost uh, by the Holy Spirit and the apostles, and it still exists today. If you want to know what the first century church looks like, all you got to do is go to an Orthodox church, and that form of worship has been going on since 33 AD. And so if you want to find what we call it the ancient church, the historical church, uh, come and see. John chapter 1 tells us to come and see, as uh, you know, as Philip taught, taught uh, his, his, under his friend. Come and see, and you'll be changed. And I hope this has helped you. Remember, subscribe to my channel in YouTube and like this 
video. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to the Ogladsome Light Podcast. We hope this program has encouraged you to fight the good fight of faith and walk in the accordance with the commandments of our Lord. May God bless you on your journey to salvation.